Welcome to an enlightened hour of interactive talk. This is Guided Spirit Conversations with host Marla Goldberg. In this program, we spotlight guests from all over the globe who have helped others change their lives and will provide you with the tips, tools, and techniques that you need to help you make a difference in your own life. Now, here is Marla Goldberg. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? It's Thursday, and it's Guided Spirit Conversations Day. So today, we have an encore guest, Seta Ara Shahinian. And Seta offers a unique approach to alternative care and the healing arts. Well-versed in many modalities, Seta has created her own program that was channeled by spirit. Her techniques uses prayer to address the obstacles and limitations that restrict our liberties and powers, abilities, and freedoms, opening her clients so that they can receive God's abundant gifts and blessings to help them evolve to become the best version of themselves. Seta always says her prayers in both English and Armenian. She has developed a significant expertise in addressing matters and dis-ease related to the soul. So in today's show, she will be introducing a revolutionary, life-altering concept, multiple soul syndrome. So welcome, Seta. How are you? I'm very well, and thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to have you back. I always love to have you. You have such great information, and you do it in such a fun way. So... Likewise. Thanks. So let's talk about multiple soul syndrome. I know you and I have had a number of conversations about them offline, about what this is and how how we know if we have it. But let's talk about what it is to start with so everyone understands that part. So generally speaking, a human body has one soul. But in multiple soul syndrome, that single body is occupied by more than one soul. And this was a revelation that was told to me um, during a class. Um, uh, My dear friend, Catherine, had mentioned a course named Psyche, and I knew nothing of it. And my guides immediately said, you have to go and you have to take your daughter, Ani. And I'm not surprised because oftentimes I get these kinds of directives and I know that I have to adhere to whatever I'm told and I listen. So I signed up without even actually investigating what the course was about. I signed up for it. And I just told my daughter that, you know, this is about putting tools in our tool chest. And this course was interesting because it was about, um, it really helps you delve into the subconscious mind, which governs 95 to 97% of our behavior. And it's a shortcut to the subconscious mind. So I thought it would be relevant and helpful. Um, I always pray. Before any class, I actually pray every morning, as I have today. And um, on that morning, something was revealed to me. I'm just going to go back and give you a little bit of history. When I was pregnant with Ani, I was, um, the doctors documented that I was pregnant with twins. And I know that somewhere along the eighth week, the second twin stopped developing. Okay. Then when, and I had a very normal pregnancy and actually it was interesting because even with um, the ultrasound, they could see that second sac was still there quite late into the pregnancy. When she was born within 12 hours, she started to develop eczema. And literally by 48 hours, she was covered with eczema. 
She was born on December 14th. It was just her birthday. She turned 22. Well, happy birthday. <laughs> and um, there was a wonderful healer, uh, Harvey and Larry Steele in Ontario. At the time, it was in Chatham. Now they're in Guelph, Ontario. And I had studied with him. I was going to be studying with him. And I said, I'm going to take my daughter there. And my doctor, my pediatrician, was very upset with me because he wanted me to use corticosteroids to suppress this severe eczema. But I know in alternative circles, we know and understand that when the vital force is strong, we exteriorize through the skin. And if we are to suppress the vital force, all the skin might look very pretty, but all you're doing is really driving that disease state deep, deeper into the body onto the level of the organs or even the central nervous system. So I had opted to wait. Um, we got to Ontario. She was less than two months old at this time. And he touched her eczema and he muscle tested it. And muscle testing is a means of accessing the body's energy computer, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And it said intrauterine. It was obvious, right? She's only two months old. <laughs> and eight weeks, three days, fear of losing someone you love came up. Oh. And so he said to me that her whole life, she would have suffered with the fear of losing someone she loved. Well, we did the correction, the emotional correction. And within 48 hours, she did not have any eczema, nor has she ever had any eczema since. So it was very miraculous, actually, because her entire body had been covered. Oh, poor thing. Yes. So when we ended up going to this class, um, Annie sometimes had some skin eruptions that were difficult to contend with. And I, I thought to myself, well, you know, her first skin eruption was based on fear of losing her twin or losing someone she loved, that perhaps there, was, there were more emotions. And I thought that maybe there could be grief. And as I prayed, I heard, well, she has to you know, address her grief. We went to the class and we went to lunch after class. And I proposed that she deal with issues of having lost her twin. And she said to me, mom, I never think about the twin. That's just, it's ridiculous. It's not something that I ever even contemplate. I said, okay. And she ended up going to, um, we separated. And late in the afternoon, she came running to me with tears running down her face. And she said, mom, you can't imagine how much grief I experienced at the loss of my twin. So we know that during the intrauterine um, time of development, that that subconscious mind is developing and is very susceptible to everything that is going on around them, okay? I just want to really establish that. Not only in this case, the loss of a twin, but also the mother's own emotions, right? Uh, uh, an infant, a fetus does not have protection from the emotions of the mother as well, which is very pertinent. Now, the next morning came and, um, and I was praying. And Jesus said to me, very clearly, he said, the second soul, her twin is still within her, has never left and is enmeshed, he used that word, is enmeshed within her body. And it just took me like, you know, by surprise, obviously. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but the benefit of being in this class was that I was able to ask somebody else to muscle test. Uh, thinking that I would be biased, I asked the professor at the time, the instructor, to muscle test, and he confirmed that 
she had two souls. So now I understood that, um, that this was a problem that needed to be dealt with because my direction from Jesus was to separate the souls. And he said, it's, an, it's like an intricate surgery that takes place and we have to do this with prayer. And I want to just say um, that this is the multiple soul syndrome. These are ailments of the soul. Generally, people contend with, you know, think of disease states as diseases of the mind or of the body. But this is a dis-ease, a lack of ease on the level of the soul. And so prayer is the most perfect solution. And invoking God's grace and mercy is really what we have to do to um, curtail or deal with this problem. And it is a problem because if you think of it, um, we have difficulty, one soul and one body has difficulty maneuvering their choices and their uh, preferences, right? Their personalities and just dealing with relationships. But if you have two souls in one body, it's, uh, it's a daunting fact for them. You know, they, there is a lot to contend with and they have... Um, many times conflicting um, preferences, but we'll get to that in a second. So with Ani, there would be times that she would come downstairs and she would say, mommy, I promised that I wasn't thinking anything bad, <laughs> but all of a sudden I have these thoughts and they're, they're negative thoughts and, and I don't know where they came from. And she would voice that from time to time. And I would just sit and I would pray with her and try and just you know talk it through. When I actually came home, I dropped her off at college and I came home and I started praying. When Jesus said to me, it's complete. The soul has been separated and the soul has gone to the light. I called her and I said, I just want you to know that um, it's done. He went to the light and it was a heat. And I told her that I loved her. And she said to me, and she started crying. And, and I said, why are you crying? She said to me, mommy, it's the first time that you told me that you loved me, that I didn't hear a voice saying, it's not true. Um, she's lying. She doesn't really mean it. So obviously, that second soul felt rejected. And he felt rejected because um, we had history with our previous children of having learning disabilities and difficulties. And my husband really um, did not want to have twins because he had heard that there were many more complications with twins. And so when he found out, when we found out that I was pregnant with twins, there were the first immediate thought was actually rejection. And if you can imagine the soul is so sensitive that the soul actually perceives that rejection. And was the rejection from your husband or was the rejection your reaction to your husband's words or feelings? I, I felt that at the time that um, it was his rejection because there was a part of me that was happy only because she was significantly younger than her, her siblings, um, eight and six years younger, respectively. And so I thought it would be nice for her to have a companion. And so secretly, I was actually pretty happy about it. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, it was, um, it was something that was difficult for her, actually. And it was very interesting because she said something afterwards that she never heard that voice ever again. So she would never have come downstairs again to say all of a sudden these intrusive thoughts that aren't mine 
came upon me. And I don't, you know, and I don't know why. And that is actually true with almost every separation that has since transpired. And I would say I'm well over a hundred at this point. Um, it was, it's, you know, they will talk about voices and even like a little five-year-old that will say to his mother, oh, mommy, it was a voice that made me do it. I didn't do it. The other voice mm-hmm. told me to do it. So they have, there is a sense of this duality within them. Um, but naturally, it's, it's not just um, a, a failed uh, twin that can cause multiple soul syndrome. Multiple soul syndrome arises when there is any failed pregnancy in which, for whatever reason, the soul is unable to ascend and go to the light and remains within the mother's womb. Go ahead. So how, <clears throat> at what stage does the soul integrate with the fetus? Because it, it varies completely. And actually, sometimes it's within, actually, as soon as the embryo seems viable and implantation takes place, actually, oftentimes I sense that already there is an intrusive approach by the soul that remains within, that is actually pinned and, and remains within the mother's womb. So it can happen at any time. And I think it's a constant encroachment. They're not necessarily successful to begin with. Okay. That, that's, that's a good answer. I had heard that it sometimes that the soul doesn't even go into the, into the child until after childbirth or during childbirth. You know, going down the birth canal, there's emerging. But if you can think about it, if there, is an intru- if there is a lingering soul in your mother's womb and yes. you are not owning your own territory, the land that's developing, you're just going to be completely taken over. So they, if I think that in that case, if an absence of a soul being really actively mm-hmm. present within the womb, um, the second soul syndrome occurs very quickly, actually, uh, because the, there is nothing to defend. And there is, there is for me... From what I have perceived, uh, there is mm, a battle, a power struggle for control over the body that seems consistent. So this could be people who, for whatever the reason, had abortions and then got pregnant again and kept it and was able to give yes. birth or just involuntary um, miscarriages. Correct. Or okay. ectopic pregnancies. Sometimes endometriosis, in which the the pregnancy takes place, but implantate the conception takes place, but not implantation. Um, um, also, there are multiples. Right when sometimes uh, they reduce a multiple uh, birth uh, with in vitro fertilization or even failed in vitro fertilizations. It could be accidents. Oh, it could be any any form any. Um, either intervention, medical intervention, or natural intervention that takes place that can cause a failed pregnancy. That's not to say that every failed pregnancy, uh, that after every failed pregnancy, the soul remains within the maternal womb. I'm not saying that. But should the soul remain within the womb, um, it will definitely be a cause of concern. And there are many women, actually, that I've heard that... um, for example, after a miscarriage, will still feel pregnant after a miscarriage. Oh, interesting. Or they won't, um, almost as though they won't even mourn the loss because they have an intuitive sense that the soul is still with them. 
Can a woman who has had a pregnancy of whatever kind and it didn't take or it eliminated, I don't know the right terminology to say, but they don't conceive again, can they still feel another soul within them at certain certain occasions? Yes, I have dealt with women um, decades, uh, up to 30, 40 um, years after a failed pregnancy, and that soul is still embedded within their womb. And and sometimes they will actually feel a bloating. And then afterwards, they'll tell me, oh, my God, I can't even tell you that the bloating just went away. A bloating that I've had for decades just went away. So the soul is really um, becomes a prisoner, right, within the mother. And the only viable way it can escape if the mother is not aware of its existence and doesn't intervene or ask for or pray or ask God for help or ask for an energetic intervention, for example, coming to me or to another healer, then that soul remains embedded. And I think it's, it's very, very sad. And <clears throat> so the soul makes every effort to leave. And oftentimes the primary soul, and I call, I'm calling the, the new pregnancy, the viable pregnancy, I call the primary soul. Because there is only actually one soul assigned to the body. The the secondary soul is the soul that is lingering. And I call her or him the secondary soul because they are second to come and enter into this new viable pregnancy. And interestingly enough, when you pray for a separation, never, ever, ever is the primary soul sent to the light. Regardless of how dominant the secondary soul may be. And we need to take a break, but I just want to put this question out there so we can pick it up on the other side because I have two questions, but for the secondary soul, but there could be more than just two cells. There could be three or four. Yes, yes. And we're going to talk about how that manifests in reality because there there are many disease states actually that um, incorporate or are caused by those multiple souls. Perfect. We'll be right back. We'll take our break. We're going to come back with Seta Aras Shahinian with more information about multiple soul syndrome. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you find that your journey to loving yourself is taking a f***ing long time? Here's your shortcut. Read Marla Goldberg's book, My F***ing Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path to Learn to Live a More Self-Loving Life. Order on Amazon or MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. Have you ever wanted to scream, but you couldn't because of all the people who might hear you? Now, we have your answer. The original Scream Pillow. It can be used at work, the bathroom, in the closet, or anywhere you want to scream and not have everyone know what you're screaming about. Order yours today at MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening. 
listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my guest this week is Seta Araz Shahinian. And I was so excited before um, I introduced her last time. I forgot to wish those celebrating Hanukkah. Happy last day of Hanukkah. It's the eighth night, so or eighth day. So I hope that your menorah is shining bright and you're having a miraculous and, and a miracle-filled holiday. And so let's welcome back Seta. She is... Um, she offers a unique approach to alternative care in the healing arts. She has created her own program, which was channeled by spirit. Her technique uses prayer to address the obstacles and limitations that restrict our abilities, our liberties, powers, and freedoms, opening her clients so that they can receive God's abundant gifts and blessings. And what's amazing is she does this in both English and Armenian. And it shouldn't be amazing because you're Armenian. It would be pretty amazing if I spoke Armenian and did yes, it because it's yes. Not, yes. It's, I just caught what I was saying. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. But it um but it's powerful. I've had your I've had your work and it's it's really truly powerful. So when we welcome back Number one. Number two, if you want to check out uh, Seta and her website, it's www.ehealings, plural, H-E-A-L-I-N-G-S dot com. So check it out. She's got information about multiple soul syndrome as well as her other modalities, what she does, how she works with her clients, how she can help. So check her out. Okay, Seta, so when we left, we were talking about mothers who may have lost a pregnancy, who were pregnant yes. at one point, didn't give birth, and how the extra souls might affect them. But let's give some examples of maybe how some humans with, you know, yes. with a primary soul, yes. but whose mother had multiple miscarriages or abortions or etopical yes. pregnancies that have left. How does it, how does it manifest? How do you know? So, or how might you, you know? know? I love that spirit offers synchronicities. Yes. And there were two synchronicities that occurred immediately after Jesus had revealed this to me. And the first was only two days later. And it was a woman. And I knew that her daughter had multiple soul syndrome. I knew that um, her daughter they had was a product of in vitro fertilization. And she had had five um, embedded at once. I didn't know before I started the session as to how many were actually within her. And she did not come personally. I worked on her through prayer at a distance. And this is a girl who um, had earlier, about um, a year ago, a year prior, come out as um, being gay, lesbian. And she had body dysmorphic disorder. She hated her appearance. She had been in rehabs uh, for body dysmorphic disorder. She was severely anorexic and had been hospitalized previously. Um, and she was suicidal and very, very depressed. Um, interestingly enough, her mother walked in and she said, you wouldn't believe what happened, she said. 
And this was the exact same Sunday that was, this was revealed to me. She said, I was in Manhattan and I just happened to go into a psychic. And that psychic told me that my daughter has two souls. <laughs> I, I had never in all the 20 years of working had ever heard somebody say, oh, I have two souls. And here it was the next day. I mean, it was just too perfect to be true. So I took that as a very positive synchronistic sign. And we proceeded to work. And while the soul was separating, he explained to me the dominant soul, and I would say 65, 70% to 30%. What do I mean by that? When the soul is dominant, we have a very high number of degrees of enmeshment. For example, my daughter was only 19 degrees of enmeshment. In this case, it was something like 75 degrees of enmeshment. Wow, that's lot. And, and so the greater the degree of enmeshment, the more control the secondary soul or souls have upon the subconscious mind. Okay. And he literally said to me, and I heard him as he was leaving. He said, I didn't want her to eat because I didn't want her to have a womanly figure. I didn't want her to have breasts. I wanted her to be as fat as possible. And she had very short hair at the time. And so he literally was explaining how her physical appearance, which was very feminine, that he had an aversion to it. And interestingly enough, after the, this was complete, the next time I spoke to her mother, um, she had gained over 25 pounds and she had a boyfriend. And so her, all, her whole sexual orientation actually, not that it changed, but the interloping soul that had um, mandated his preferences was no longer present. So her own original preferences were now expressed. I love the so, way you said that. Because yes. it's not like saying, well, we took that extra soul away and they become straight. Because... It's the dominance of the soul that was controlling the decision-making yeah. process. Yes. If the soul actually, if they're opposite gender souls, I find, and they are very even in the distribution of power, meaning 50-50, around 45 points of enmeshment, for example, oftentimes they can be pansexual, they can be bisexual, or they can be asexual. Because if, for example, the male in the body does not want to have sex with another male or the female doesn't want to have sex with another female, then they will both refrain and they will appear to be asexual. And it's interesting because after um, a few of the separation of second souls, that person who previously had not displayed an interest in sex actually all began to date. So it's, um, we don't know. Uh, in, in, in my, it has been my experience that um, sexuality is different, obviously, than identity, identifying as a gender, right? Mm -hmm. um, there can be many, a lesbian, for example, who completely feels like she is a woman and it has nothing to her gender identity, has nothing to do with her sexual preference. Um, in, in this situation, it can be a little bit confusing because we don't really know what the baseline um, sexual preference is for each soul, and it can be anything, and it doesn't really make a difference. What is true is that each soul seems to 
impose its preference on the other one. And if they are the same gender, it's not a problem. Okay. Uh, but if they are not the same gender, it can pose as a problem. But if they were the same gender, and let's say the second soul was more dominant and had yes. different preferences and different tastes, yes. how, how would that manifest? How would that show up? Well, possibly. I'm not yes. saying that everybody's the same. It's different, but... Yes, of course. So I find many people who are bipolar, for example, right? Or, or who really have distinct personalities and, and, and their parents will say to you, you know, you never know which one I never... And they will refer... I never know which son I'm going to get. Or this son has difficulty expressing himself or one day he wants this he likes this person and the next day he doesn't that's what i see a lot a lot of difficulties with relationships um because uh, soul a might really love this person and soul b might not even tolerate this person and so when soul b is in charge they will sabotage the relationship and the person will be heartbroken so there's a lot of difficulty with relationships that i find now the other thing that I'm going to say is that um, when the points of enmeshment exceed 90 points, yeah. whether, yes, whether it's two of the same gender or two opposite genders or any combination, we have um, what I call enslavement. Because at that point, the primary soul barely has control of one or two or three percent of their subconscious mind. It is at that point that if it's an opposite gender that is dominant, that they completely feel that they are in the wrong body. And I propose that every single person who is transgender actually has multiple soul syndrome because they have taken over and dominated a soul, a body, that is other than their own, other than the one that was given to them by God and failed due to a failure in pregnancy. Now, would schizophrenia fall into any of these categories? It very well could be. Um, I will tell you what definitely does, and it's interesting because the statistics bear the fact is that autism does. I find in autism that there's maybe more than 120 points of enmeshment. Wow. And what I, what I find is that the, the soul, the primary soul, has left their body defenseless, meaning does not, has not staked a claim upon their body and has retreated into an alternate reality. Uh, there's a tremendous degree of fragmentation that takes place. We have an energetic structure that is developed intrauterine, and that structure is not properly um, developed. Uh, it's not integrated of course, the point of entry is very key too. Any point of entry is an area of considerable weakness. So um, the autistic person definitely has more than likely more than two souls, possibly three. And, but more than anything, they have just completely uh, withdrawn from trying to take ownership and even should they choose to come back inside their body, they have tremendous difficulties because they try to escape. You see, what I found, um, there is a process after the separation of the second soul 
I work, I really choose to work with the subconscious mind because I know that the subconscious mind has been greatly influenced by the presence of that second soul. And what I do is something called intrauterine rescripting. And I ask the person to go back into the time and to, um, and spirit, of course, really it's, it's with the grace of God that all of this happens. And almost every single time, and what I do find is that um, the, the primary soul feels violated, feels powerless and feels very anxious. So people who are very anxious, depressed or powerless, absolutely um, have um, a very high probability of having multiple soul syndrome. In addition, people who have addictions, okay, when the powerlessness is played out through an addiction, because, you know, my heart goes out to both souls. One is a prisoner within the maternal womb whose only escape, right, is to be, to embed itself and enmesh into this new viable pregnancy. And then there's this, there's this fight for supremacy, generally speaking. Although I have to say there are times where there have been siblings that have gotten along, that it has been a little bit more peaceful. Um, but generally, in disease states like bipolar or with addictions, and we can talk about suicide, I can't tell you how many um, parents have come to see me after their child has um, committed suicide, and I see two souls. So I know that the souls have to be separated and they have to be sent to the light. It's, um, I even had an 11-year-old who, whose mother saw all these, I mean, this longing for suicide because the, the secondary soul knows that if the primary soul dies, they will be free, that they can actually escape this body and go to the light. And so we urge them to commit suicide. It's I think so common in people that commit suicide. So, um, and people with addiction, self-destructive tendencies in general. It's almost as though if I'm powerless, then you're going to be powerless too, or this is the escape. It's, it's just, it's, it's very sad. They suffer greatly. And of course, I have to say that there's a range, right? It can be anywhere from very mild to very severe. Well, it, I have a, first of all, I have a question about point of entry. You said more than one point of entry. Where, where, how would they enter? What would be the point of entry? It's always examples. Through, it's always through a chakra. It's always okay. through one of the chakras, either front or back. For example, every single person with dyslexia, I can say up until now, that I have seen has multiple souls, because the multiple soul comes in and has to live somewhere. It has to dwell somewhere, right? And when they do so, they are um, they're obstructing something. And in this case, it's almost like, you know, with the optic mirroring that has to take place when we reverse things in our brain to be able to read, they block that mirror. Um, we, when, for example, my daughter had tremendous menstrual cramps and she's not the only one. After the second soul removal, her entry point was through the root chakra. It's like those menstrual cramps I mean, she couldn't get out of bed writhing on the floor. I mean, it was terrible. And after, and I've heard this now from more than one other person whose entry point was a female at the, in the root chakra. And after the second soul separation, there was no cramping at, at all afterwards. Would they, be, would they enter through the higher chakras or they just stay with the lower physical chakras? No, no, no. It doesn't make any difference whatsoever. 
If they enter, if if for example the entry point is a little bit lower, let's say by the sacral, you, you might have a, or impacting the digestive system. You're going to have somebody who is um, has colic, for example, as an infant. Or if um, I had a, a wonderful case of a woman with something called Chiari malformation, which is where the skull is perceived to be too small for the brain matter and the brain matter comes down and is pushed out of the head, actually, of the skull. And she had excruciating pain in her neck. And after the second soul um, removal, the pain went away. And this was a woman in her 40s. So um, we have chronic, chronic issues that are alleviated after the second soul removal. So how do you test to find out how many souls? How do you test to see if it is a multiple soul or, an, or how many multiple souls there, there might be, you know? Being? Yes. So there are two ways of doing it. <laughs> um, you can muscle test, of course. Um, but I see portals. Okay. You cannot be in this world, in this realm, uh, with a soul that does with a within a body that does not or attached to a body that does not belong to you without a portal, the portal is your entry point and allows you to stay in this realm. So you can literally scan the person to see if they have portals, and uh, of course the portals may be from other beings, right? Not necessarily a second soul that's within you. Many many times we've spoken about this that there's an epidemic of people who have passed who are attaching to live people and siphoning their energy yes. and really encroaching upon them as well, which is a very, very burdensome thing. It so is. In the end, when a soul does not leave and go to the light, it creates a problem <laughs> for the soul and for um, the person. The being. But, yes. But usually it's because of the presence of evil, actually. Otherwise, the soul would be able to ascend. Oh, interesting. We're going to have to take another break, but we'll be right back with Sadaraz Shahinian, more multiple soul syndrome, but we'll also have charity shout out time. So stick around. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Do you find that your journey to loving yourself is taking a fucking long time? Here's your shortcut. Read Marla Goldberg's book, My Fucking Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path to Learn to Live a More Self-Loving Life. Order on Amazon or MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. Have you ever wanted to scream, but you couldn't because of all the people who might hear you? Now, we have your answer. The original Scream Pillow. It can be used at work, the bathroom, in the closet, or anywhere you want to scream and not have everyone know what you're screaming about. Order yours today at MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
You are listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you are invited to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, everyone. Thank you for sticking around. I so, I'm so grateful for that. If you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Seta Araz Shahinian. And Seta and has, has been developing this new revolutionary concept of multiple soul syndrome. And that is what our topic is today. But before we get back to Seta and the topic, and I want to give you a couple things. If you want to check out her website. It's ehealings.com. And healings is plural, E-H-E-A-L-I-N-G-S.com. We also are going to charity shout out. And Seta's uh, charity shout out is Armenian Wounded Heroes. Um, Amer- Armenian Wounded Heroes. <laughs> so, <Yes. laughs> so let's talk about that a little bit. I know it's important. Yes. Um, I mean, it was... Um there was a war in Armenia and Azerbaijan that ended recently, and uh, there were many, many casualties because um, uh, war crimes were committed and cluster bombs were used. Um, um, a lot of inhumane actions were taken, like white phosphorus that burns at 1,600 degrees. It was, it's just absolutely awful. And so these people have not only lost their homes, um, they literally had to leave uh, the the area that had been theirs for their whole lives, but now they also are very much injured. And so there is a great, great need. And uh, I would appreciate it. I know that I have supported them and I would encourage anybody to as well. And they need support. They need help. So if you go and you check out armenianwoundedheroes.com slash donate hyphen A-W-H-F slash Yes. Um, or just go on armenianwoundedheroes.com and you'll be able to find all the pages that you might need to figure out how you can participate, help, don't, in donation of whatever it might be that they're asking for on their site. So, Thank you. Perfect. All right. I want to get back to this. I know we have a lot of stuff to cover. Yes. Very, very short period of time. So I'm going to like let you loose because I know that you've got a list of of topics to touch on. So I find it interesting as to how they name themselves. And this is another form of confirmation. So let's say, for example, I, the mother has brought her child in and I'll say that, well, the second soul seems to be a male and the male's first initial is a B and she will tell me, Oh, you know, had I had, um, had I had a boy, I was going to name him Billy. But it, it just, each and every time when I come up with that initial, it seems to be either a middle name or a name that the mother was contemplating at the time that I could never possibly know, right? So yeah. that's, that's a verification. Another thing is, um, I, there was, a, there was a, a, a 13-year-old girl, for example, who had come out and told her mother that, um, that she was uh, uh, gay, that she thought that she was gay. And afterwards, when we did the second soul separation, um, 
months later, she, she had uh, a boyfriend. And her mother said, but I thought you told me that, you know, that you were gay or that you thought she was gay. She said, mommy, I never said such a thing. So it's very interesting because she actually did not say it. It was the second soul within her that happened to be an opposite gender um, soul that, that mentioned it. And, you know, when we talk about um, gender diversity, I really believe that the word gender diverse exists because of multiple soul syndrome. Otherwise, if it was just one soul, you identify with the body that you were given. But if there is another soul that has a different perception of what their birth body should appear to be, then they feel that they are gender diverse. And so it's another proof actually that gender diversity exists within multiple soul syndrome. Um, but it's not exclusive to multiple soul syndrome. Jen, I would find it hard to believe that somebody who is gender diverse um, does not have multiple soul syndrome. Interesting. I think that there is a very, very strong correlation there because uh, it's the male within that feels like a male. It's the female within that feels like a female and therefore they feel gender diverse. Um, it's actually very pretty clear to me. Interesting. Okay. So um, we, I and, want to talk about the difference yeah. between abortion uh, versus yes. miscarriages versus there was another, another part. Yes. yes. So um, for example, in the case of a twin, right, where there is some commonality and the, the two souls recognize one another, I find that, that um, I have w witnessed survivor's guilt and that the surviving twin may actually invite the soul that does not have a, a physical fetus anymore or a body, let's say, in, into them. So it's not an act of aggression, for example. Um, it seems that dominance and submission have a very, very big role. So if the primary soul is quite dominant, then even if the secondary soul has entered, they will, um, they will make accommodations, okay? Um, sometimes if the primary soul is very, very strong, they will not allow the soul to enter. And the soul actually has to wait for another viable pregnancy in order to be able to succeed in its endeavors or goals to exit the wound. Uh, I find that there is something a little bit different at times with souls that have been aborted. And that is, is that the, they have um, antagonism towards the mother. And, uh, and this is now many times that I have seen this, uh, not always, as I said, but there's literally the mother will say that the child has displayed an aversion to me even uh, while breastfeeding, for example, from such a young age, or the child is hostile to me. And and after the second soul removal, that person is no longer hostile towards their mother. Um, there is a great deal of indecisiveness that occurs in uh, people with multiple souls in making a decision not only about relationships, about profession, about their, their preferences. There's this constant battle. For example, one of the first cases was a woman who had actually had two losses. And she said to me that her son was, you know, spent the days getting high, uh, playing video games in her basement at 26 years old, and she couldn't muster him to take action. And he couldn't make a single decision. And he actually had three souls. And it was after the separation that took place that 
within months, two months later, I saw she said, he's going to school full time. He has a girlfriend. He's working. It's like he could make his mind up and take action. And many times you actually clear this through the mother and not through the child. Yes. Even this 26-year-old, you probably, I'm going to assume you cleared the mother of what was going on with him. And all of a sudden he manifested into somebody who became more. I, I didn't clear the mother. Oh, I didn't. Some, no. What, what will happen is that we will sometimes use the mother as a surrogate. Okay. She was a surrogate for him. And um because there are mothers that necessarily don't want their children to know that they've had abortions. And, um, and it's interesting. Somebody said, well, why is it your decision? Why do you have the right to just separate these souls? And, and I prayed a great deal. And I was told, if there is a karmic relationship that will ensue, if the person is incurring a karmic debt by violating the rights of another soul. Um, the higher self of that soul will always want for them to be extracted. There is never an immediately, as soon as we pray, the separation process begins. And so because I've prayed and I've invoked God's grace and mercy, I know that it's doing the right thing. And the two things that I hear all the time is, oh my God, I have such peace. It's like my mind is quiet and I can hear myself think. I've had people tell me that, um, that they would argue all the time and they would yell because the voices inside of them were so strong that they had to speak more loudly than the voices within them. I've had people say that they couldn't even establish relationships because while they were talking to people, the voice was so loud, they couldn't even hear the other person speak. So they just... It was almost as though you don't have, you can't have friends because I don't have friends. I have to be your only friend. And it's interesting, they don't ever feel lonely. They might have lonely lives without a lot of relationships or close friends, but they don't feel lonely because they have a constant companion by their side. But there always comes a point of conflict where preferences are different and they cannot decide about a relationship, about a decision about a profession, and then we have chaos. And we have, you know, all of the powerlessness, I think, is very, very prevalent. And one of the things that I was working Except with... Uh, I'm so sorry to interrupt oh, you. Okay. I really want you to get promoting your classes. You've got a couple of classes coming up. And one's coming up December 27th and the other one the 16th of January. Let's talk quickly about those. Well, December 27th is a free online event with um, promoting, uh, actually, it's prayer. It's prayer for the world and it's prayer for planet Earth. And the more people that we have praying, the more we can do and have an impact because our voices together collaborating in unison are exponential. So please, please consider giving one hour of your time on Sunday, the 27th at 8 p.m. And how do they register? They just go online. Go online where? On your website? Yes, on my website, please. On ehealings.com. Okay. Yes. And then on um, the twenty on the sixteenth of January. Sixteenth of January, because I'm I'm making this, you know, not um, introducing this concept. I don't want people to feel powerless, that they don't have a choice. And so I'm offering a class in which 
um, the soul can be separated from the womb so that people who are intending to conceive and to give birth at a, in any time in the near future can actually um, avoid having a child with multiple soul syndrome. And also if there's a mother, for example, who has had a miscarriage or has a fit loss of pregnancy many years before and who still feels that soul around them. Perfect. And you can find that information also on the website, ehealings.com. Sada, thank you so much. This has gone by so quickly. So appreciate you being in my life and and coming on the show again. Thank you for this opportunity for me to express this concept because it really is revolutionary. And I think that it's going to answer a lot of people's questions about that voice they hear or the conflict they have within them. And keep an eye on her website because she has written a book and it should be out somewhere mid-year. So if you stay on her website checking, you'll be able to find out when. I want to thank Voice America for everything that they do for me, for getting the show up and running. I am so grateful for you. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you, you, Bridget. My right hand, my left hand. Thank you so much. I appreciate all you do for me as well. And you, the listener, thank you for taking your time out of your day, out of your life to participate. My hope, prayer, and wish is that you do uh, are able to glean something to help you in your life, some understanding, some tools, some technique that will help you live the life that you want to live. So thank you for taking the time to be with me on this show. Also, I want to remind you, please, to be socially considerate of others. Yes, the vaccination is out. Yay! But we need to still distance. We still need to wear our masks, and we still need to keep our hands clean. So please be careful, because we do not know what somebody else is dealing with. And the last... Can you you explain, if somebody has missed the show, how they can watch this again? Well, you can watch it on my, my... YouTube channel. It will be re-promoted and you can always get the audio on voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, um, and just look for Guided Spirit Conversations or Marla Goldberg. So again, I want to before leave you with happy holidays. May they be magical and merry and filled with light and love. And I'm going to close by sending you love, blessings, and gratitude. Know your love, know your thought about, you're not alone. Stay well.